Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Butterfly in the sky. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Nerdy Show. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Colin. I'm Brandon. I'm Jermaine. Jermaine's a new voice to the show. He's been doing stuff behind the scenes for Nerdy Show for a while now, but this is his first episode, so please welcome him. Thank you for welcoming him. (laughs) Uh, This is a Nerdy Show book club, so uh, welcome back. It's been a while. Our last episode we did a book club, we announced that the forthcoming community read-along book was going to be Ender's Shadow. It was picked up by Brandon. Yeah, so if you hate it, my bad. (laughs) Yes, so written by Orson Scott Card. <laughs> yes. He made two good books. Is, is this one of them? Yeah, well, I think so. Okay. I like the Shadow books. Well, yes, we'll, talk. we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. So we're going to be discussing uh, Ender's Shadow, which is, it, it's a sequel that's uh, also- a, it's not a sequel. It's a sidestep that's a, it's a, whatever is the word for when something happens in tandem with another thing. He, he calls it a parallax. Par- I don't uh. think he uses the word right, but he says it's a okay. parallax. It's, it's the, it's the parallax to Ender's Game uh, written- uh, over a decade after the fact <laughs> and uh we'll be discussing that we'll be talking about ender's game a little bit about orson scott card if you follow the book club you probably already heard us rant about him in the past lots of complications going on with that individual ender's game is one of the greatest books ever written so there's there's that we'll, we'll touch on that and we're also going to talk about uh, all the things we've read in the interim and it's been quite some time so we've got some things to talk about and we're gonna we're gonna do some readings including a a preview of our our pending Fan fiction support drive, you know, we're listener supported, so we do different things uh, every other month or every so often, inviting people to uh, all the listeners to not only support the show and get cool perks in the mail, but also to play along with us on a little game. And dictate what we are going to do. Right. No matter how horrible. Right. So we asked, we said, oh, well, we'll do some fan fiction. What do you want us to do fan fiction of? And the winner was... Oddly enough, because I don't think a single one of us could have called it, no. it, it was Weekend at Bernie's 3, Night of the Living Bernie. Yes. So there, there's no Weekend at Bernie's 3. It stopped at 2 so far. And, They've um, tried, but yeah, it didn't. There, there didn't have been out. plans. Um, there may even be plans right now, for all we know. Well, we're um, working on it. But yeah, we, we're working on Weekend at Bernie's 3, Night of the Living Bernie. It's um, We're going to read a chapter of that and more on that uh, as we go. But I figure we, we've already started talking about Ender's Shadow. Ender's Shadow. We may yeah. as well just... Talk, talk about, about Ender's Shadow. Shadow. Um, so to talk about Ender's Shadow, we must first talk about um, Ender's Game. And well, Brandon, I feel it's only 
uh, right that you reiterate. Why why the, why Inner Shadow? Why this book? Why, why are we reading it? Well, because I've read basically every book in the Ender's Game. Well, I read. Most Did you of... read all of the all of the books in the Ender's, Ender's Game series? I'm like stuck on the last one. Did you read Xenocide? Did you yes, read Children of the Mind? I did. I did. And the only one I liked was Ender's Game. And so then you have this thing, Ender's Shadow, which I think actually came out 20 years later. Yeah, After about. all of those horrible books were written, he wrote like this one. And it was actually really, really good. And I don't know if it's because it's like, I don't know if you would call it lazy writing because it takes place during the same events, but it's written so like drastically different that I think it holds, it stands on its own. For anybody just coming into this, Ender's Game is one of the most legendary sci-fi novels of the 20th century. It's about a a boy who's uh, sort of been courted as, as they've been, the government has been looking for smart kids. Because they need a leader, they need someone really dynamic who who can who has the presence of mind to save humanity from an impending second assault from an insect race that it ar- has already ravaged the galaxy. That that people don't really know is a is on its way, except for the ones right. getting it's the, the children it's, it's together. The, it's the them. unknown threat yes. of the the second coming of the mm-hmm. formix or the buggers. So they yeah. they try to find incredibly smart children with balls. Yeah, but they don't. The kids don't know this, obviously. So yeah, there's a lot of deception. You read through the life of Ender Wiggins, the protagonist, who does end up saving the day, to some respect. And if you haven't read Ender's Game, like I do not joke, it is among one of the greatest books I've ever. They read. invented iPads and tablets in the 70s. It's quite Ender, old. Ender's Shadow, 22 years later. Yeah, I guess you get lucky every 20 years. You write a good book. I don't know. Well, but uh, but uh, yeah, no, Ender. Whatever you are reading. It is a good chance that Ender's uh, game is better than what you are reading. So just put down uh, your Game of Thrones. Like, in- incredible characterization, hey, an, hey, in- hey. an incredible message of uh, of different uh, different types of people and different nationalities uh, finding their differences and sort of fighting through adolescence and uh, lots of dynamic character struggles. I mean, really, it, Ender's Ender's game is a is a character piece and not just Ender, but the entire cast of the of the book. Mm-hmm. All these kids in battle school and. I mean, I loved it. I was just completely enthralled. And, and, it's, and it's not like you think, oh, it's about there's all these kids. So it's obviously a child's book. But no, people, kids get beaten to death and yeah. killed uh, by other kids. Young people read this in school. If I was a, can say, traditionally concerned parent, I would say that would be ill advised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Traditionally concerned parent. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. so I mean, if you uh, just put down your um, novelization of Phantom Menace and pick up Ender's Game. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit better. Just, so. just slightly just better. <laughs> <laughs> but only a little bit. We're talking yeah. about Ender Shadow. Right, we're talking yes. about Ender Shadow. Yeah, okay. But in last episode, you said there's an intro in Ender Shadow yes. where, uh, written by Orson Scott Card, yes. where he says, uh, I, a- I feel mm-hmm. that you can read Ender's Shadow and not have to have read Ender's Game. Right. Last episode, you said we asked, Do you, will you need to have read Ender's Game to read Ender Shadow? And you said... Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, he's fucking stupid. You should, of course you need to fucking read it. That's the whole point. It's because you read Ender's Game and all this great shit is happening. And you're like, you don't know how it's going to end. And, you, and it's like, oh, this is great. And then you read Ender's Shadow and you kind of learn what happened behind the scenes. Like, oh, this is why this character said that. This is how Ender got influenced in this way. And I feel like if you don't read Ender's Game, you're missing a big part of like, like the emotional trauma that I felt while while doing it. I, I feel sure. like you yeah, you really need to read the first. Well, book. also he decided that he wanted to write this game because this or game. this game. Write he, this game. He, he wanted to write this book because he said that he was going to give this story of Bean's story to another writer. 
and he then uh, started to collaborate with. Oh yeah, and then writer. he said, "No, no, no, I'm gonna do it." He's like, "No, yeah, no, no, I, I, I read that." No, no, he's like, "No, no, 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 no I got this. I take it back. I, I got, got this." Because yeah. he realized, "Oh, this is good." Yes. So yeah. he so he decided to write the story of Bean, and when he thinks that you can read mm-hmm. this story with, and, and it starts Ender's at the Ender's he game. he says it starts at the exact same time Ender's Game does, but they're both different characters doing different things, right. and then they meet up later during Battle School, and it ends around the same time, right? But it's a completely different perspective on the same events. And I th- I think it's almost some of the parts are even better than Ender's Game, but all right. Well, let's let's talk about Ender's Shadow. So okay. Ender's Shadow, how it starts is this is a, a story about Bean, the character Bean, who was one of uh, Ender Wingen's generals. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was his right hand man, basically his, his right hand man. Uh, he's and, called Bean because he's tiny. Yes, he's called Bean because he's tiny, and it it, it is the story of Bean. Uh, and actually, uh, when it, the when the book starts, it's actually Bean's story when he was on Earth. Yeah. In... So he starts in a city, a shithole called Rotterdam. Called yeah, Rotterdam. Rotterdam. Someone tell me where Rotterdam is, please, because I thought it was like I was like, is that near Amsterdam? It's, French. it's a fr- it's a French. Or is it an town. American city? It's no. a French town. Well, the thing is, in in this future, there's been some political struggles. I I need I'd really need to see a map to figure out what's what, but. Uh, it's a city Europe, full of hookers Europe and gangs is, of kids. Europe is not so doing so great right now after the Formic Wars. That's that's really what right. there is. It's like it's 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 kind of a mess. There's a lot of refugees. There's a lot of poverty. There's well, a lot they, of there's bad. a lot of gangs made out of kids killing each other. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in in Ender's Game, it was it was uh, uh, said that the book that the Formic Wars basically made it so that the uh, the 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 countries banded together on Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. In order to fight this uh, uh, this threat from the stars, so it wasn't necessarily that all the countries were individual; they were now together as yeah. a band force of hum- humanity, um, fighting against the Formics. Mm-hmm. There's so. a cure for world peace, guys. Yes, <laughs> uh, if you've read The Watchmen, same deal. Yeah, same deal. <laughs> same deal. You got to watch out for them. Ends justifies the means. Them, al- <laughs> them aliens. Thanks, Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what's cool about this is that Ender's background and Bean's background couldn't be any more different. Ender comes. From a life of you know a relative privilege uh, of mm-hmm. living in the United, going the United to school, States eating and, food, having yeah. clothing, and and Bean lives under the worst urban conditions you can imagine. Really, it's, and he's like two feet tall. Like he's a he's a he's tiny. Yeah. Don't forget that uh, Ender was was allowed to be born. He was a third. Child oh yeah, he was allowed family. to be born. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And instead, Bean doesn't know where he comes from. He looks like he's two years old, but he's actually four years old, and he's smarter than most adults. So he's, he's smarter kinda, than Ender. He's Way living. Smarter. He's living in a purgatory of his own body in the worst conditions imaginable. This whole it, it's divided up into parts, and part one represents Bean's story and that part was absolutely just fantastic it was oh, yeah, yeah. it was completely fucked up totally weird almost surreal at some points because Bean's situation is so just awful well, there was a point where it was like i was like this is almost fucking ridiculous where he was just like born he was so young he was like the size of a fetus he was tiny and the place he was trying to escape from when he was very well, he, young, was, a, he was an infant he was a, just when he a, was an infant he survived in the back of a toilet bowl for like four months yeah. Hiding, hiding away there. Yeah, coming when out he was and hiding when there. he was like less than a year old. Yeah, and 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 um, hiding from people, and that's smart because it, yeah. I'm curious what you guys think about that because I've talked to some people who um, their suspension of disbelief was very, very interrupted by that. For me, I was already so engaged in the horror of right. Bean's life. Well, can I ruin it, part it, of the book for oh, yeah. spoil at, it? At this at this point, guys, um, I mean. We're not gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about this book pretty openly. You know, don't feel like it's gonna hurt anything. Uh, if you want to, if you want to read and be surprised, you know, just scan forward, I mm-hmm. suppose. But, but you know, we're we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna have fun, even if you haven't read it. I mean, you know, we're we'll, we're telling stories basically. So it, yeah, you, know. well, you find out, and I don't know if it's early on or halfway into the book that Bean is actually 
the reason why he's tiny and like a super genius because he's genetically i think engineered he's genetically engineered yes. which is why he's brilliant from day one he's they, a freak yes he and, turned they turned anton's key um yeah. which is what it was called the thing so, they were you know, yeah, trying the, to discover and the thing that they discovered and so basically um what happened was they turned this this quote-unquote key which made the genes in which their brains developed much faster than their bodies and yeah. it's actually where your body was at the detriment to the fact that your brain was accelerating so but quickly. then at, but some then point, at some point, it catches it up, catch up, and then and then you keep growing, and you never stop growing, and you will become a giant and die actually early on, which yeah. is the subject of within like your books. teens or your twenties or your thirties. I forget what the point. Right, they was, said that it was like twenty four or yeah. something like that. Because they, they actually get to that if you read the other Bean books, they right. actually get to the point. The other Shadow books, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but, but he doesn't know this. The people I think recruiting him no. at some point know, it, and they don't tell him. Right, but so the basically what happens in the beginning in the very. The most interesting part of this book, I, I feel, uh, is Bean is growing up on the streets. Uh, there's gangs of children. Um, the, they're crews. Gangs of children basically uh, going ac- along the streets of Rotterdam looking for food. And um, they, uh, they have they have uh, no influences aside from the chaos around right. them. They, they don't even have... They don't even really have parents to base their actions off of. So they're actually more cruel than average in yeah. a lot of ways. So, so it's, yeah. imagine all the worst things of Africa, but shoved in an urban European environment. Yeah, it's all the all the worst parts of Lord of the Flies coming mm. to fruition in this book. So all of these crews are together. Um, Bean ends up finding like the weakest crew that he feels is the weakest crew. And he poses an idea to... And this is like while he's like almost on his deathbed. Like he's weak. He's yes. got no food. He's it, he, pretty much he, at the point of dying. He loses his breath crossing the street. Yeah. Yeah. He, he hasn't eaten in so long. And he totters up to the to the leader of this uh, this band, Poke. this crew, Poke. Her name is Poke. <laughs> Which I, I don't know why. Yeah. Originally his, because I guess she like tried to disguise herself as a boy. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so, right. okay. So, uh, anyway, so, so he suggests to her that they need to, there are these also these, these larger uh, kids on the street and they are the bullies. And the bullies are the ones who are, um, there's soup kitchens all around the town and the soup kitchens are giving them, you know, food. And the bullies are the ones who are able to get the food first because they beat, bullies. The, they beat they the beat little kids the little out. Kids. Yeah, exactly out of the way. So this smaller crew of little kids, Bean goes up to the leader, Poke, and, and tells them that basically you need to get a daddy is what they end up yeah. being papa. called. A papa. Sorry, papa. Yeah. Uh, a papa of this crew to uh, have this this papa of this crew to protect the little guys. The, Essentially the hire, the hire a bully yes. to fuck with other people and then you can get more food instead of giving all of the bullies your food like all the time. Right. And then I think it influ- the influence spread, and I think all the crews started doing that at some point. Yeah, eventually. Because it had a benefit, because all because essentially they, they, they picked this bully uh, who has a, a bad <laughs> leg, and, and they think it's going to be a good idea. Things, things go weird. Turns out to be a problem. And, and he ends up sort of flipping the situation on them, pokes not the leader anymore, uh, Bean's kind of living in fear of him, but he is a smart enough dude that once— Achilles, one, right? Yeah, Achilles. Well, actually, it's hmm. a shield. His uh, name is well, Ashi- well, in the book. Is, I, is, Orson it's... Scott Card goes, "I'm smarter than you." His name is Ashiel. Okay, well, Truly. he's got a foot problem, uh, and his name is spelled even Achilles. At, even after Orson Scott, Scott Card goes, "Hey, his name's Ashiel," like in the parenthesis, like of uh, his pronunciation, because someone yeah. got corrected uh, later on in the book of what his name was, and I was like, "No, he's still fucking Achilles." I don't yeah, give a shit. So, plus Achilles sounds better, and he's got like a limp he's got foot. a limp. Pro- I mean, I mean like, I'm, like, I'm certain that Ashiel is only is Achilles in French. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. It's like uh, they're calling data data. Yeah, yeah. It's one like, is no, one is my name. Yeah. Well, exactly. But well, except data says his name is data, not data. So you better fucking pronounce it right. 
And it's a different medium, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. uh, anyway, the, he basically turns the situation around on them because the thing is, they picked a guy who was actually a little too smart. He starts running this crew and he finds out that he can pretend to be a sensitive father figure for these orphans, arranges this whole situation w- with the soup lines where uh, some kid gets beat near, near death. And he ends up looking like a good guy and brings in all these kids and they take sympathy and they get to go to the front of the line because it's this, it's this older right, kid looking they, out for yeah, younger kids. Right. And, uh, and basically that amount of uh, alleged civilization, as far as anybody knows, changes the whole dynamic of how yeah. Rotterdam's crews are run. And that's because of Bean. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the Achilles uh, guy that they hired ends up being like a very conniving, very deceiving very murderous person yeah who in, is is ridiculously good at covering his tracks and in fact at some point gets sent to battle school too with bean so right. then then it becomes a major problem he's got to deal with right well that's that's much later in the book i yes. mean you and in, in, in the book you find you and even beyond the book yeah because much. because achilles kind of turns into beans uh, uh like, Bonzo, yeah uh, his, in, his in nemesis right. except way better yes. way smarter yeah he's way smarter. he causes problems on a global Scale, wow. yes. if you will. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, I am. Um, when he gets I older, I have not finished reading the book, so I'm actually really excited to get to that part. Uh, that sounds very dynamic and cool. It's very, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so Bean ends up getting picked up by this uh, sister Carlotta, which is uh, Orson, a very thinly veiled Orson Scott Card's way of putting God into the book. Yeah, he um, Orson Scott Card. We should probably uh, say this for anybody who's just t- tuning in and hasn't picked up on the previous book club episodes. It's complicated because he's written one of the, the best books we've ever read, but he is a really bigoted Mormon. Like and he's a womanizer, but he doesn't run Mormonism really that much. In it's well, weird. he does. He, but he his all his um the the aspects of Mormonism that are in. Ender's Game are not coming from the mouths of Mormons, but they're like the doctrines tend to creep out, and it's it seems very out of place. And in, in many of the later books, extremely forced, which is kind of why they stop being interesting because they're not about the characters; they're more about his doctrine. Uh, yeah, later um, on they get kind of very related. Uh, There's so, also very subtle homophobia in Ender's Game. Yeah, Bernard. Yeah, and well, in Ender's Game, I felt that there was you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say that he was like you know, sympathetic. He had a sympathetic gay character in it, but in fact. It's not there at all. You bring it up to him, he gets really offended. Well, clearly he's a homophobe. He's just trying to no, hide he, it. He is. He's a extreme homophobe. There's <laughs> lots of there's lots of rants he's had. He's just he's just not he a really, very nice person. He just really likes dudes, but he doesn't want you to know it. Maybe <laughs> he does. He likes dudes. Who doesn't like dudes? And and so that's why I buy my Orson Scott card books used, so I don't give him any money. <laughs> uh, he has enough of it already. He Consumer doesn't need mine. T- support a nice local bookstore. Do not support the Orson rich card. psychopath. Yes. I um, bought the books before I found out, so I think I'm in the clear. Okay, good. <laughs> good. He's got a bunch of interesting fascinations. Now, I, after reading Ender's Game, I was really excited to read the next book called Speaker for the Dead. Base it, Brazil. It being called Speaker for the Dead had a lot of great connotations. There's a book that's basically the last chapter of Ender's Game sets you up for this like uh it's some some uh surmises a lot of years and explains a lot of things and it sets you up for the next book is going to be just amazing and breathtaking and uplifting and and really cool stuff and what you get is this bizarre version of basically orson scott card taking out his fascination on brazilian catholicism but putting it in space and well, because it takes place what uh, thousands of years later, hundreds. Yeah, yeah, because it's faster than light travel. And, and even yeah. even though it takes place year, like so many hundreds of years beyond where we are now, and beyond even where Ender's Game started, his his futuristic glimpse that he had in, in Ender's Game is completely gone. He doesn't grasp it anymore. Basically, we call it Space Brazil. Every now and then, Brandon, I make jokes because about the Space next Brazil. like five books take place on a planet where everyone's speaking Portuguese, and, and there's like a whole like 
appendix of pronunciations and, and there's just nothing but i so, completely disagree i love like speaker, space brazil? I, I love speaker for the dead i think that like it's the, as, uh, i think it, i think that called? it is piggies. as strong as ender's game um i feel that the the way in which that the story is is is, is told is really is is quite interesting and you get more uh, you know insight like? into ender's character than i think in in that book than you do in ender's game the one amazing um, thing I like, Colin, though, I will agree on, is that it takes place so far in the future that he's got, like, he, he has so much money, like, an interest that he can just buy, like, a planet if he wants, and nobody knows who he is, and he has this super new life form that is developed named Jane. An internet-based uh, artificial intelligence, and that is the and cool Nobody part knows book. about it but him, yeah. and it can do, it can basically tap into the uh, Ansible's and do anything for him right. if he wants. Yeah. No, it's a great... I I, I, really I love those aspects. I, I really enjoy that. He's just book. like, buy the whole ship. But we're, like, not talking, we're not talking about Ender's Game. Oh, okay, no, it's it's we're talking about Ender's Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Bean ends up going to battle school where he is... He's with Ender and he but eventually Ender, gets Ender in... at, some, at, at the beginning doesn't really pay him any mind. He right. Give, he's like, whatever. Well, and this and is actually it. where... This is actually where I started to have a problem with this book. Oh. I really enjoyed the beginning, and my issue with Bean is, and I and I called him on. Uh, we have a uh, on Facebook. We have a kind of a, a nerdy show like management page, and I call him Butt Butt Hurt Bean, um, because truly the entire book after the first part he is just going on and on and on about how ender isn't looking at me and why won't ender pay attention Look, to Colin, me you're not as you're it? not as short as me so you can't sympathize with being like i can but he's just okay? constantly just so upset that ender is not looking at him and paying attention to him am i not him. the same and way he's so much more he's just so he much he's just so much smarter than ender and why isn't it that that he's leading an army and why doesn't he man the platoon? Well, i think they said because bean is so smart but he's got no charisma he can't command. He doesn't have the the ability to command. But he's way smarter than Ender. Well, that's not what Bean thought in the beginning. Like, no, but he, but he, the moral is that he learned it. Right. Th- that's later on in the book. But yeah. the but the basically the 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 thing that I liked about Ender's Game is that is a game that is a a book about action. There are things that are happening constantly in that book that are happening to ender he's 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 a man of action that's basically and i and even I, if it's character stuff it's still and right. a lot of it is character most of it is character action yeah and 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 um with bean he's more of the uh of, he's a thinker which is which is cool but the thing is is that that entire second section is just based on and and and, and rooted in bean's analysis of the situation as opposed to his action in the situation mm. and i'm not really interested in reading about pages and pages and pages and pages of analysis it sounds of like a situation in the first book where orson scott card is sort of saying i love how i'm able to distill bean's analysis of stuff i'm having so much fun putting this on page and it just turns once again into a another self-indulgence of his right where he's so like He's so into, he's so sniffing his own farts about what he's doing that he just does it too much. Right. Smugness. Well, yeah. do you think it's lazy writing then if if he's just basically, he's got this other character just reinterpreting the same things he's already written in the previous book? I don't think that he, I don't, I don't think that it's lazy writing. What I think it is, is that he loved the idea of revisiting this world. Mm. I think the idea was better than how it turned out. Mm. And he needed to write a book that was 300 some odd pages. Probably so right. how do you do that? You fill it with, without rehashing what happened in Ender's Game, you fill it with 
Bean thinking about shit. I've got I've got Ender's game here. Same same stock of paper and all that. And there's man, there is more there's more Ender's shadow and I I doubt that it's because there's more. It's because of the opening and yeah. the ending, I believe, are a lot yeah. longer. Sure. Well, I mean, if I can get parts. if I can get more, you know, the opening was great. So yeah. That's... Well, that's the thing. I really loved the opening of this book, and I really loved the the stuff where Bean was dealing with Bean's problems yeah. and not. The things where he was either looking up to Ender or like rehashing a battle. I guess. Or, well, I guess I can know. agree with you because some of my my favorite parts were when I was like when I was reading Ender's Shadow and he's in the same part from you know with Ender during something I've already read from Ender's Game. And I'm like, okay, I've done this. This is his point of view. And then you find out what happened now with being once that event's over, like where he goes, what right. he, what he's doing. That was my favorite part. It's like, okay, that event with Ender's over. He's going this way and Ender's going that way. Let's right. see what Bean is doing now at the same time. Yeah. And that was really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. I mean, there were parts of it that were very, very cool. But I, it's just as far as a book that... The air ducts. He learned to crawl through the air ducts because he was the only one who could because he, he was tiny. He learned to like eavesdrop on all like the, the colonels or whoever yeah. was running the place. No, he's very get smart. Get information on everyone and, and his idea, them. His ideas were really cool that he was able to like basically hack the system and like, you know, the the, the, the fantasy game that all the pl- the kids are playing yeah. in Ender's game. <laughs> he just hacks it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bean just doesn't play it. He's just like, no, I know what this is. Fuck it. And like, he so, figures everything out like that there's an invasion coming he figures out what the what what battle school really is like right off the bat yeah and he goes up to like what is it graph yeah or, and he tells him and he's like or anderson yeah and he's too. like uh okay yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, don't tell anyone yeah damn it. yeah no and it, i need and you it, to work with ender yeah don't exactly. tell him and exactly. he basically becomes like a guide for he like he admires him the whole time but he also essentially becomes this guide that ender doesn't really know right that he's doing this and he kind of right. guides his hand the whole time especially during the end right so you get yeah. that yeah you get to see that side of it that i really like and, and and at the end when they end up getting to the point where it is being basically what happens in ender's game is that where they're they end up going to tact is a tactical school and Tac- and this yeah. is command school you decided school. oh man i really need to read this book and you haven't yet okay Okay, well, then we'll talk. Well, basically, there's there's something that ends up happening that Bean figures out, and like he he figured it out like in the middle of the book. And the thing is, is that there's no twist in Ender's Game. It's like, oh fuck, that happened. That's why I said like you. He says you don't need to read the first book, but it's like it's kind of a letdown if you don't. You really should. Yeah, and and the thing it's like it's like how reading how how watching uh, the Star Wars prequels undermines Star Wars. Yes, it's true. And like the thing with Ender's Shadow is that like it's mentioned because Bean just thinks of it and it's not discovered. Yeah. It's him just coming up with it. Oh, cool. And I know it. It's true. <laughs> Speculation. Like yeah, yeah, it's not... It, there's no... There's no action, and that's what and, and and Bean talks about that in the at the end of the book. He's he said, a lazy kind of genius. He's the one who, yeah, he's the one who, if he's the one who had to press the button, he's like, yeah. he's not the guy to do he's it. He's like the guy who's like, I'm so smart, I can invent anything, but you know what? Fuck y'all, I'm going yeah. to sleep. Yeah. As we all aspire Whatever. to be. Yeah, he's <laughs> right. not worth it. Fuck you. Yeah, he was. What did he say in the book? He said something to oh, the geez. effect of like, they chose the right person. Ender is the person. I can think of all sorts of great things, but he's the one who can bring them to action. Yeah, because you know, he, the he one admits that like, he's the one who would like take the shot. Right. And it's, being, it's about being, making say doing it, but yeah. he wouldn't do it. Right. He's the one who who knows Ender knows when to do it. Yeah. As as opposed to Bean knows how to do it. Yeah. Ender knows when to do it, and that was cool. But it was just meh. The ending, I'm just like completely disappointed because I hadn't known about the sequels yet, and it just seemed too like of a happy ending. Mm. It was just like, oh, that guy you've been hanging out with in school the whole time is your brother. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. I oh yeah. There's this weird spoilers. <laughs> okay. There's this really weird like Okay, so Bean would, grew up in this farm. Basically, he was he was, it was genetic. A, it was initially supposed that it was an organ farm. An organ farm. Lots of but lots it, of babies. It turned being out grown. that it, it was a it was they were they were doing genetic testing on these kids, and it turned out that they had stolen the eggs, fertilized eggs of this particular Greek couple that they then brought to life and and, and, and brought to term, and Bean was one of those kids. Uh, another child that that couple ended up actually having ah. um, was uh, named Nikolai. Nikolai? Yeah, Nikolai. Yeah, yeah who's, Nick, who's in Ender's Game. Who's in Ender's Game. Who is not particularly smart, but he was really nice to Bean. And Bean and him had this. And really he was great, smart. He just wasn't a genius, right? And yeah. he, but he was. At, I mean, he was at battle school. Yeah, so I mean, so, so he's, you know, he's he's pretty all right. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, pretty, he's, he's better right. than any of us. He's yeah, on yeah. the bubble. Yeah. But he's not up there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but so you don't find why, that why out in Ender's that? game. Huh, yeah. <laughs> but you, you only find that out in Ender's Shadow. And of course, he probably just like, I'm throwing that in there. Right. So any, anyway, he oh, ends that's up... That's convenient. Yeah. So he ends up being... It turns out that Nikolai and Bean, who have had this great relationship with each other, it turns out that they are, in fact, brothers. Uh-huh. And they then find uh, Sister Carlotta, uh, finds the Greek couple, and, and it turns out that Bean's name is Julian Delficchi. Del, <laughs> Del, Delfinki? Delfinki. I don't know. Yeah, his name was like Julian. That. I forgot about that. Yeah. No. So, and then he ends, at the very end of the book, he ends up like... Why does he even have a name? He was growing a farm. <laughs> because the, the, had they had the couple... That's what they na- were going to name him before he would... They, weren't they like stolen fetuses or yeah. stolen eggs? They yes. were stolen. Yeah, they were stolen. They were going so, to name the children they were going to have if they if if they were going to have another boy, they were going to name him Julian, and it oh, turned he adopts out that, that name. That yeah. seems very special. He did not. Wow, fuck well, it's okay, that don't shit. they? Don't they all? Get, they all like. I think all of them die anyway, don't they? Yes, all of them die except for Bean because Bean is awesome. was in the the yeah. toilet. Well. <laughs> Well, Harry Potter. So the janitor found no, I mean, his family. Yeah. His family yeah, the janitor found him. Harry Potter got bitten by a vampire and changed his name to vampire, so I guess you should just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no fangs, guys. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Julian Delfinke. I thought there was a point where like Achilles turned out to be his brother, but I forgot anything about the rest no, of the books. No, at Achilles this point. ended up. Uh, Achilles, a shield. A shield. <laughs> no, a shield uh, ended up. Uh, a being. I mean, that's the coolest part, so I'm not going to give that part away. Is yeah. is his battle with. Not battle, but his interaction with the shield but anyway but that's ender's shadow do you guys have any uh, closing comments about ender's shadow i like it a lot i love it i say read the sequels to it well uh, oh, okay, oh. okay well brandon says otherwise okay okay obviously the sequels to this <laughs> i thought you were just gonna say okay okay fuck you <laughs> besides that okay ender's game is great all the sequels are not as good ender's shadow is great all the sequels are not as good I as ender's shadow but because the thing is, is some of my favorite characters, like Petra, the yeah. female who's like a badass, in all of the books following this, she um, gets neutered. Her character, she, she just... becomes like a simple, like Orson Scott Card is like, no woman can be, you know, all women have to have children oh, yeah, and have true. to be a normal lady. So all she does for the rest of the books is want to get married, pester being about wanting to get married, wanting to have kids, wanting to settle down. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. And that's well, really, that's what's one of the things I heard book. about where the Mormon doctrine that he has yeah. really gets heavy handed. Because in that she book. She was like awesome. And then suddenly she's like, I suddenly have this biological urge to have babies yeah. forever. Oh God. And, and it's it, just like, oh my God. And the thing about Ender Shadow is that Petra is too stupid to realize that she was about to get Ender beat up 
in the, like Bonzo, oh, yeah, like like Petra like talks to Petra ends up talking to Ender and like you know all that kind of stuff and Beans like she's too stupid to realize that she was actually uh, uh, going to cause Ender to get beat up by the rest of Bonzo's crew, right? Uh, like calls a battle school, yeah. yeah. And but then later on, Petra ends up when they were fi- when they're when they're doing that final test mm-hmm. essentially petra who, who, when they're all exhausted and petra like falls asleep in her she falls asleep in her oh, and she has a mental in her and, and has a mental breakdown and cries and cries and cries and walks down the hallway and can't be like taken care of and all that kind of stuff and bean has to ca- take care of her and i thought that petra was like this really strong and awesome character but in ender shadow they make her sound seem the, like the this only weak, awesome girl yeah and suddenly she just becomes she's a normal weak and, woman she's weak and and pathetic she's weak and her only function and is emotional. to use those child bearing hips to squeeze out some little babies but like you know, and she's emotional like she's not Super it's not emotional. like she's not just like uh, a normal kid she's like a girl emotional yeah. because girls are and emotional. she wasn't before right exactly yeah it just kind of happened and, which is another thing i think you know orson scott card young writer does ender's game does it well and then gets older and then feels the need what to happens at the end exercise that, all that this still happens in ender's game near the end she starts changing which yeah. is weird mm. But but especially but but that's like okay I can I can understand that it's very harsh conditions she's freaking out anyone would but it's like then in Ender's Shadow the the next book which I forget what the next one's called she just Shadow becomes, of the Hedgemon yeah she becomes a plain old lady that's it nothing she's just a lady well fight you guys fight well there's there's fight, no fight. I think he agrees. I mean like I agree with that they're not as good as Ender's Shadow but I would definitely get in a fight agree it's better than <laughs> it's good good for radio. the Ender's game sequels. Oh, no, I agree with that, too. No, 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 I definitely agree with that. Okay. The Ender Shadow sequels are better than five books of Space Brazil nonsense. That's wrong. You're like, when is, <laughs> when is Ender going to get good? When is Ender going to do something with that egg he has? I was never. At, oh, that's never. That's the only person from Ender's game in the sequels. I, yeah. was, I, I was actually uh, interested to read the sequels to Ender's game, while as this no, two, one... Two characters I, come back. Two characters from the first game oh, come for, back. For this, book, I, for this book, I after I was done, I was like... 2,000 like, years later. And, and it clearly, at the end of this book, it goes, hey, this is what the rest of this story is going to be, and it's going to be pretty great. And I was like... No, it's not. Basically, Ender... and I closed it. Yeah, and that book is going to go to McKay's. <laughs> that's a that's a very big and amazing used bookstore in Nashville. If you're ever driving through Nashville, there's <laughs> a lot really of things to, to see. But you really need to go to a, a McKay's. Yeah. official nerdy show uh, book club endorsement. Yes, a ton of the shit we've read has come from there. Yes, and that's, <laughs> you need to go to not. There's and one in Knoxville and uh, for Chattanooga. Well, the the good contrast is that you know Ender his journeys continue in space thousands of years later i don't even know how many thousands hundreds of thousands it's really really far into the future yeah i got lost space travel takes a long time and it keeps and he keeps traveling through light so it just keeps going more and more and everyone keeps dying and then uh bean deals with right after battle school all of the events that are like all of the all of the kids from dragon crew or whatever they're called dragon whatever dragon became like the heads of their countries and yeah and and that's which the thing is that i want he deals i want to want to read that but then I've heard so many things that I'm kind of like. There's good. And, there's good and bad. Some of the characters become really, really like stereotypical. It's like they were really smart and clever in battle school, and then it's like, oh, now I'm just gonna do this thing that my country wants and be stereotypical and pretend I'm. Th-. And it's just like it's not in their character to do what they're actually doing. It gets too political for me. And just well, and, wars and also, and... also, Card is very interested in playing up the modern day stereotypes of nationalities, mm. where 
where he's writing a book in the future and has made no attempt to progress the right. concepts of religion or nationality or cultural heritage. He doesn't consider any of those things. Well, it, it actually, the one thing I liked is that he's kind of showing that the kids from Dragon Army kind of fuck up the planet when they get back. All of them. They kind of do some shit and fuck up everything because of their arrogance. So it kind of shows like, what do you do now that you've, you've saved the earth um, without knowing it? You retire and suddenly every country wants you. Every country wants you to head their armies, wants you to be their leader. And it's they're just being used and essentially they fuck up the planet on their own. Mm. Um, and, and the brilliant thing is at the end of the, um, the Ender Shadow series, the one thing I did really like is when Bean has to finally deal with the fact that he's getting too big. It's really hard for him to walk around and even move at this point, and he's going to end up dying, and he has to, like, deal with that problem. And they, and they, they touch on that, so I like that part. But you're going to read several books to so, get to that shit. So read the cliff notes of Ender's Shadow a series, and then... Or at least read Ender's Game if you still haven't. Read Ender's Game and then decide if you want to discover what Bean's been doing. Sure. Okay, so we're going to cut some music right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about the Ender's Game movie, um, which is, of course, a, a big news coming out uh, 2013. So we'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the books we've read. And uh, if this if this conversation got a little too, I don't know, balls deep in... Balls deep co- in Ender. In, in Ender in and, and complications and all that, well, things are about to get... Uh, well, they're going to change pace. All right, so it's high time we cut to a track. Here's a little something called Zeal or No Deal by Velethanos. It's part of a new SNES-ology remixing project, and it's a take on the music from Zeal in Chrono Trigger, originally by Yatsunori Mitsuda.
All right. So um, there's an Ender's Game movie coming out. Nope. Orson Scott Card has been trying to make an Ender's Game movie for years, but as yeah. you can imagine, with the book coming out in the late 70s, uh, doing that has been essentially impossible until uh, around about, you know, Spider-Man, when, when yeah. superhero movies became possible. Well, he was also, um, like, uh, the, a lot of the provisions for him making that movie were because... Uh, the reason why it couldn't get made was because he didn't want to give it to somebody without him having complete and total creative control. And he also said he's a little more lax on that. He he had a hard time finding funding for it. And one of the reasons that he uh, spent so much time having uh, Marvel adapt Ender's Game and Ender's Shadow and and subsequent books is it was being done kind of as a proof of concept, a visual like it's like, look, I can profit off making storyboards for the movie. But I heard it wasn't done very well Uh, by Jermaine. I read some issues of it myself, and I was not a fan. So, How much of it you read, Jermaine? I've read all of it. I oh. actually spent money on all the books. Oh, fuck me. Except I stopped at recruiting Valentine. I was just like, this book's not going to get any better, so I'm, I'll just stop right yeah, here. Yeah, so the comics are not... Well, the, you said the Formic Wars ones was pretty good because it was, it was like separate short stories about soldiers. It was separate short stories about soldiers in and the everyone war. everyone loves that. Yeah. So. Well, so this movie's coming out. It's It's got some interesting points to it. There's a, a one screenshot so far as of this recording it looks all right sure whatever the kid who plays ender um, looks like he's in his teens though I mean, well, ender should a, be like eight well he's the guy who uh played he was uh, in hugo. hugo in hugo i never saw that movie because he was good okay um, harrison, I, I harrison ford that. is in it han solo yeah harrison ford's in this movie so that's a big deal harrison ford is playing graf which is like pretty awesome yes uh, that's who i had to picture and, uh, an old grumpy man harrison ford can pull it off yes and, i don't think uh, he's fat enough though and ben kingsley is playing uh mazer rackham that's all cool. The part that's had me kind of narrowing my eyes at it for this entire development process, other than Orson Scott Card's personal involvement, um, <laughs> has been has been the director. Yes. Who's the director? Gavin Hood. What what has he done? Well, he's done a couple things. Explain um, to me. Well, he 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 did some foreign films. Well, I like foreign films. They're and, usually good. They win awards. Act- and he actually won best uh, foreign picture from okay. the academy uh, awards for saucy that was a pretty good movie yeah and uh then uh his first american film was um x-men origins wolverine Ooh, and see orson scott card i think doesn't watch any superhero movies because he says they're pointless and stupid and bashes well, the avengers so he has a very interesting like, rant on the avengers which i guess we'll post a link to how did he like wolverine like i, I don't I guess understand he loved it. i don't think he saw it I think he was like, Wolverine, and I love him. There's a possibility Done. that we don't, given that Gavin Hood had a successful career right. before Wolverine Origins, there's a possibility that we honestly don't know what happened there. And in a lot of cases, people who do who direct foreign films, sometimes when they get brought into Hollywood, they either do really well because they're allowed to play up what they do really well, or they're used as, like, stand-ins. Right. As we know, <laughs> the, um, the development cycle for Wolverine Origins was really, really, really bad, and there were a lot of directors attached before he finally came in at zero hour to direct the film right oh well you, so, know, you know who did really well luke Besson. they should just ask him he knew anything luke Besson would actually do a really great enders game guillermo del toro from pronouncing his name right did pretty well too he would have done a great enders game too he'd, he'd do it with an accent dos, <laughs> dos equis <laughs> ender only drinks dos equis that's right <laughs> that's what he sounds like when anyway I, when i'm not um when i when i'm not saving the earth from the fortimix i'm drinking dos equis stay thirsty my friends <laughs> 
What are we talking about? Ender <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wiggins' endorsement of Dos Equis. <laughs> so. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's slated to be released in November of, of 2013. Uh, however, the visual effects company Digital Domain. Uh, <laughs> just went bankrupt. Just went bankrupt. So what does who it knows? mean? Why don't they just get fucking Industrial Light and Magic? Why don't they just either go all out or don't Wait, do I thought it. they were bought out by someone in China. If they were bought out, but they did go bankrupt. Yes, they did. Yeah, so who knows what that means for the development cycle, but whatever. I mean, I don't anticipate it's going to be good. I mean, it's going to probably be just I as good. I do not good. have high hopes. It's no. probably going to be just as good as episode seven of Star Wars, I'm sure. But mm, I have higher hopes for episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You keep your hopes up, so that way they'll be crushed. When I have it comes a new out. Brandon. I have a new hope. Oh, it's okay. actually funny. Years ago, a new, uh, new hope. I have a Phantom Menace. When Serenity came oh, out, Orson Scott Card said that's how he wanted Ender's game to be. Oh. And that was years ago. When Serenity came out, I was like, that'd be awesome. And that would be awesome. Well, why doesn't he get Joss Whedon to fucking do it? Because, because Joss Whedon can't do everything. <laughs> Joss he so can funny. do everything. And because he bashed the Avengers. And he was oh. like, hey, listen, Joss Whedon. You know why? He, oh, sucks. now we know why. Because he wanted Joss Whedon. He said no. So he's like, fuck Avengers. That's probably That's why. That's mm-hmm. it. You're right. Good for you, Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon empowers women. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a conflict of interest there. That's right. <laughs> they just got in arguments. Well, if it was Joss Whedon, they would have killed Bean. <laughs> <laughs> just at the beginning, though. Probably, yeah. Bean would just died. Yeah. Ender's game. versus Petra's game. They all yeah. just kill them all. <laughs> Kill them so, all. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's what's going on with the movie. What what uh, what have we been reading, folks? What books you done read? What books you done read? Don't look at me. I haven't read uh, most books or any for that. Actually, yeah. okay, I'm lying. I read a lot of instruction manuals uh-huh. for video games. Does that count? Sure. Like Brandon, when are we going to see another, uh, another watch Brandon play video games? When I have time in my life, which but, is so you're just reading instruction manuals and you're not actually playing the video games. That's all I got time for. It's like when 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 the when the the lady or uh, or, or whatever's walks by the shoe store and they're like, oh look at those shoes. <laughs> they don't it's like they in, don't, like in the yeah. Sex in the Cities. Oh well, oh, right, okay, right. Or or, or like or the fat kid in the candies. <laughs> like <laughs> this year, I think this year for everyone is. I don't been know. A bit, stereotypes are funny. <laughs> 2012 has been a very complicated, very long year. Yeah. Next year will probably be better. Okay. Once December and all this shit goes away, we'll see. 2012. Has I, I would been like very to do it. Trust me. Year. No one wants to play video games in front of a fucking camera more than I do. I want to do it. <laughs> I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to play video games. Yeah. I want to. It's just there's no time right all now. All right. All right. Sorry. All right. You know what? You give me money, Colin, or anyone listening to this. You give me enough money to quit my job. I will fucking be on video games 40 hours a week. I'll have a set schedule. You can just know what I'm going to play when I'm playing it. Let's say that's, give me um, that much money. That, that's a. I only need like what? Five thousand a week. That'll be our theoretical stretch goal. Five thousand. <laughs> well, I won't be selfish. Just five grand. I got standards. I gotta eat lobster and steak. That's right. While you're playing video games. While I'm. Who wouldn't want to watch me playing Assassin's and Creed? And they'll be like, one camera on Assassin's Creed, one camera on me eating a fucking lobster. Boy, I need my hands for lobstering. Yes. <laughs> you here. Uh, play, play this play this video game. <laughs> In fact, you're going to pay me money, and yes, then with sir. that money... Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm going to be eating lobster and paying someone else to play video games for Brandon. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, very good. Good good double jump. You're going to watch it from your <laughs> iPad in the restaurant while you're eating your lobster? Yeah. Oh, hit the X button, you twank. Hit it. There's a prompt on the screen that says hit left. Why do I sound like that when I'm talking? No, you would talk like the queen. Why are you skipping the movie scenes? Hit the left button. Get on the horse. <laughs> oh, man. Do the animated cutscene. Talk to talk to the character. Talk to him. You're not You're not talking. You're missing the story. <laughs> People at home can't see the story if you hit the skip button. 
All right. So Brandon has just been reading instruction books. I haven't. Had t- I've li- I'd like to read more books. I'm considering using a Kindle to do so because I'm sick of going out and looking for books. Wait, a Kindle? You don't say. Are you Weren't you one? just insulting my Kindle earlier? No, that's a, that's a Kindle Fire. I want that shit to look like paper. <laughs> I want. I gotta make that paper. <laughs> I want to read off that. I can paper. pull up a PDF and it'll look like paper. It'll look like paper D- with light paper. on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's too, it hurts my eyes when there's a screen with lights and, sh- and sounds and shit. I need paper. I don't know how you people have time to read Ender Shadow and another book. I, I read, can't do that. Well, like I said, I didn't. I didn't finish reading Ender Shadow. Uh, I, okay. I read Ender Shadow, mm-hmm. the second book of the Game of Thrones series, which is like ten thousand pages. Yes, and it was glorious. I guess, but I, I will not. I will not go into it because if anybody knows how great it is, you just know that it's great. I heard it's all right. Wait till you get to book three. <sighs> it's so good. Book three is supposedly. I'm the sorry, best. not of all of us are millionaires who can sit on our throne of diamonds and read Game of Thrones. An Ender Shadow. Brennan, yes, like my, my toilet is, uh, is has diamonds on it, God. so it is my throne of diamonds. You have so much free time, don't you? Yeah. You have so much free time! Well, I just have just lots of poop. I'm kidding. Colin is actually extremely busy. <laughs> I don't. Know, I actually don't know how he finds time to read books. I think every time he has a break, he just like, The only reason books. I was able to read so many damn books is because I was traveling a whole bunch, so it's a, <laughs> lot, of, a lot of fucking plane trips, you know? Yeah, no. Um, but Planes, I, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. So, Jermaine, what do you read? Um... Mr. Newcomer. Well, over the semester, I had to read these two film books, which were absolutely <laughs> fucking boring. Okay. One was What is Cinema, Volume 1 by Andre Bizon. Nice. And the other is The Aesthetics and Psychology of Cinema by Jean Mitri. Hey, Are you Colin, sure you remember when, when, we, when we flirted with uh, cinema studies majors? Yeah, and we said, oh, man, that. I can't believe you're doing this. It's <laughs> <laughs> the same as instruction manuals. That's about the same thing. Slightly more interesting. Cinema. Instruction um, manuals have theory, pictures. I couldn't tell you much what they're about because once I was out the class, I was done with <laughs> what was in the book. Yeah, and I actually learned from my instruction so, manuals. So no recreational reading, Jermaine? Uh, well, winter break's coming up, so there will be some Hot eventually. dog. My next book will be A Confederacy of Dunces. I've been wanting to read that for years. Really, really, really. I and, mean, and everybody I, talks about how great that book is. What I, is it? I plan on... A, oh, yeah. I've never heard of that book. Uh, it's it's considered one of the, the best comedic novels of all time and one of the greatest books of the 20th century. Oh. And and there's a curse attached to it. They've oh. been attempt because of its rampant success. This is one of those like everyone who reads this it one dies. Of those author writes a book, doesn't write anything else. Like no. eccentric. Like I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. part of that that tapestry of those kinds of situations. So they've been wanting to adapt it for years. Everybody who's been subsequently attached to it has died. You can probably once nice. you, once I start name the first actor attributed to it who's died. You can probably uh, do the rest of the pattern. Kevin Bacon, Jim Belushi. Oh my God. Phil, who's, in, who's the next one? Chris Farley. He was in there. Phil John, ha- John Candy. Phil oh, Hartman. Christ. Yep. So, uh, Are you serious? Chubby Funny Men. Uh, not Phil Hartman, no. Oh. Uh, chubby, chubby Funny Men, all dead uh, due to the alleged curse of Confederacy of Dunces. Wow. All right. That's why all these fat actors are losing weight now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, how about, so you read anything else? Game of, you know, I did. I read the Hobbit right now. Yes, I, I'm reading the Hobbit right now. You read the a third time. book. These huh? are all really long books. I'm reading. The, well, the Hobbit isn't that He's long. in the process of reading. The I'm Hobbit. in the process of reading. The Hobbit. Oh, okay. However, uh, I did read the first book of the Dresden Files, uh, based on uh, uh, everyone coming on the Nerdy Show forums and saying, "Hey." You should read the Dresden Files. So how was it? I did. I read the first one, Storm uh, Stormfront. 
It was good. But. It, well, all of the listeners have said that the books real, the series really picks up around the third or the fourth book. I'm willing to give it a shot. I have the other, I have the other books. Um, it was very interesting. The, the world in which was created was really interesting. It's basically an urban fantasy book where there is a, uh, a, a wizard detective, um, who was hired to, uh, find, um, different, it's basically kind of like angel in a way where it's like, uh, it's like supernatural and angel, the, de- the paranormal detective show. Yes. Uh, but with wizards, but right. Exactly. Exactly, with wizards. Um, and Harry Dresden is a very cool character, and there's a backstory to him that you don't actually know, like, how things happen, but he killed somebody. And Would you say he's, like, Constantine? It's Constantine-ish. Hmm. Um, he, Harry Dresden is not as... Wait, his name is Harry? Yeah, there's wizards. I think, yeah. I think. You're a wizard, Harry! Yeah. <laughs> hey, <man>. Sold. Yes. Dollar bills! No, he's not a, uh, he's not as, um, he's not as, like, uh, a chain-smoking, like, uh, womanizer, like, uh, uh, Constantine. Uh, Constantine is, but he is, um, very much a, uh, he's kind of like a, douche. Not, I wouldn't say he's bumbling, but he's a little, he's a little bumbling. Is he like that detective from the Pink Panther? Is he like Matlock? He's a little mi- like Matt. Is he like Columbo? Yes. Well, Columbo's awesome, though. Yeah. Columbo's smart. No, no, he's really smart, and he has some really great... He has, Columbo, Columbo he don't com- bumble. Yeah. Columbo don't bumble. That's on his, <laughs> that's his tagline. Columbo don't bumble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 bumble clot. Uh. <laughs> so, no. No, but it's it's actually a really good book. I, I enjoyed it, Um, but it's I enjoyed it about as much as I enjoyed Ender's Shadow. So, so really well. So I a would lot. Give, I would give it about a six out of ten. How many elements? It does not get the. It does not uh, th- two and a half, maybe three. That's fair it, for most it, things. It, it That's pretty not, high, actually. It does, my not, it does not get the Aunt Nancy uh, seal of excellence for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Hex. Um, uh, oh, Hex isn't here. Hexina was snoo snoo. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did. I did read that book, and it was. I'm actually glad that I did. Um, so, guys, thank you for turning me onto that. And I also did find another book that you guys wanted me to find was Witchfire, and I did find that. I don't know who wanted me to find that, but I found it. I do. I do plan on reading the next book that's suggested. I will read that one as I should. Yes. I don't know what it is yet. I, I haven't even been told yet what it is. It's a mystery book. Mystery book. I don't even know what we're gonna read. All right. Okay. Well. Um, so I, I read, tell me it's not that one. It's not. Okay. Uh, but you, man, you, you better wish it was. So, um, I read, um, a John D. McDonald novel. I've talked about John D. McDonald in the past. Is this not, is this a, is this a Travis this McGee This is book? not a Travis McGee novel. Oh. Some have been wanting to do for a while. Perhaps the best thing in popular culture that John D. McDonald is known for is he wrote the novel that was adapted into both Cape Fear films. You know, what was it? Cape Fear and Cape Fearer? No, well, well, one, one, <laughs> with, one with Gregory Peck That's in the 1960s one. and one with Robert De Niro in... The 1990s. Cape Fearer. Cape Fearer. Cape oh. Fearer. Um, it was it was not called Cape Fear. It was originally titled The Executioner. We're running around with a cape. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Cape Fearer. <laughs> He's a superhero. My Cape Fearer. <laughs> so it was it was originally titled The Executioner's not Cape Fear. And in fact, it's not even set in Cape Fear because it's it's been ever since Cape Fear came out, it's been branded as Cape Fear, but you know, that's just a movie thing. Ah, this, makes um, this is without a doubt one of the greatest suspense novels I've ever, ever read. It looks pretty short. It it, it is pretty short. It's a it's a quick read. John D. Um, McDonald does not fuck around. I mean I've read I've read I read the first uh, the Deep Blue Goodbye and um, I'm excited to read more of the Trash McGee series and I will definitely pick this one up as well. But man, he does not fuck around. Like he does not um, waste a single word. Every single word furthers the story, and he is not interested in uh, just hitting a page. 
limit. He is just going to tell the story in as straightforward as he possibly can. So he's better than the authors of every book that is on this table right here. You can't see. He's incredible. I mean, it's he's an he's an amazing amazing author. I mean this. This from the very get go, it makes you concerned. It starts. It starts on a beautiful sunny day. A guy's taking his. And what is uh, this book called? It's called. Uh, it's Cape Fear. Okay. It's it, if you find it in a store, it'll probably be called Cape Fear. If it's called the Executioners, they'll probably be charging a collectible price for it. Yeah. Uh, sunny day. Guy takes his family out to a, a little a secluded island that they they go to, and he's got um, a cape. No, okay. actually. All right. Um, All right. <laughs> I'm already being misled. Um, and and he's got there's something wrong with him, and his wife's like, look, what you've been weird for two days. What What's wrong? He's like, well, there's this thing. Ba- this guy served in World War II. Yeah. And in World War II, he was in Australia. The- it is Cape Fuhrer, man. Cape Fuhrer? Oh, shit. World War II. <laughs> keep, get to, keep going. Keep the, going. The war had ended. Or had it. Um, and and he, he, was, he was wandering around the streets of the night. He's trying to, I think he was lost or something. He saw like a 13-year-old girl being raped by a soldier, a U.S. soldier. In a cape. In, in a cape. No. Um, On a cape. On a cape. In a cape. In a cave, in her cave. Yeah, right. The guy, the guy was drunk. He he fought him. He he. The guy was huge. He barely made it out alive, but he managed to like knock him out. The guy. There was a military trial. The guy was arrested. He was really weird. And then one day he leaves. He leaves his job. This the main character of this book's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He leaves his job, and this guy is matching his pace as he's walking walking home or walking to his car. Right. And he he gets in the car. The window's down. And this guy leans in, puts his hand on the wheel. And stares him right in the face, and he just the guy just doesn't know what to do. And then he realizes he recognizes him, and it's the guy. Mm. And he's he's smiling at him, and he's just constantly like like just this weird. It's like this is this weird terror. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He has crystallized... A broad daylight terror of some of someone invading your space, invading your life, and smiling at you, and with every single pleasant word telling you that he's going to like do something just awful. And nice. basically, you you witness this guy creating a sense of extreme paranoia, threatening his family, and it is like you don't really expect to care as much as you do, but it man, it, it just it unnerves you with every single page. You don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know how it's gonna go wrong. And it puts this guy in a compromising position because this guy's this guy's background's clean aside from this military thing. He served his time, he got out, and the main character's a lawyer, and there's nothing he can do because he believes in justice. Right. So he will com- he is threatened with having to compromise his own beliefs in order to put this monster to bed. So wait, is this, so is this guy basically sort of stalking him throughout the rest of the book, and he's got to figure out how to it, deal with him? Yeah, not 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 just like stalking him, but I like mean, trying to terrorizing do horrible him. things. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, and like, and it, but it's all it's all in secret. He's all got plausible deniability the whole time. So my question is, where do, where does the cape come in? When does he go to this cape or buy it? A cape to wear? When does he purchase the cape? Is what we want to know. And how much? <laughs> like, like, is it is it like a physical wearable cape? Is the cape like this thing that exists within him, or perhaps all of us? Yeah, it's. A sh- I mean, it's, it's shrouding I mean, is them. It, is it a metaphor? Yeah, six a, seasons in a movie. <laughs> all right, well, he won't he won't give it away. If you want to know yeah. what the cape is, it, I, I will admit though, it's a fantastic book. Really, really, really good. The ending is surprisingly weak, and I assume that it was. Um, I know I know a little bit about the ending of Cape Fear from The Simpsons parodying it, uh-huh. and I I can tell you that the way it was written in the film, based on what I know from pop culture, seems like the optimal way to end the story, and it was uh-huh. probably improved on. And so you should the read films. the book until the ending, and then switch <laughs> and then to the just film. Watch the movie. Just switch to the film. Just for the I, ending. I, I, I'm really excited to check out both versions of the film, but I haven't yet. So there's more than one version. Yeah, ni- 1960s version yeah, of Gregory right. Peck. Yeah, man. 90s Cape Fear and Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Cape Fear. I lived near Cape once. You did? There was no fear. Uh, and this is a book I really, really want to talk about. It's called Ridley Walker by Russell Hoban. Holy shit, you read a lot of books. This book, Ridley Walker, mm-hmm. this is slowly but surely shaping up to be one of the most uh, noteworthy pieces of literature from the late 20th century. It is science fiction. But it's able to be adapted by a more literary crowd because it doesn't read the same way. It's mm. it's got it's kind of it's loftier than than like spaceships and battles and all that. It's a so po- what classifies it as science fiction? Because there are uh, spaceships it is a and post apocalyptic novel. Oh, okay. And it is written entirely in dialect. All of it. Every single like, word. Like here, have a look at this. Wait. Have so if people are from Scotland. They'll be say they'll be writing no, the words no, in Scottish. This is this is a a world where civilization as we know it has been completely like destroyed by atomic warfare, and this is uh, humanity at basically an Iron Age level, who's only managed to somewhat put the pieces of what happened before together, and it's more of a uh, mythology and now they talk funny well do they talk kind of like you know those like that that weird group it's, of people they encounter in time, beyond thunderdome time like time back way back after time after bad time there come playing playings in the town and they were burning out the bad stock and the cleverness in that anti she were here and there were everything on her oh my, that is beyond thunderdome that it's exactly what that group she in the were, desert she or whatever larf, sounds like uh, she were larfing and singing she were doing the juicy right left and center she never got <laughs> enough of it every eye every eye were hiding out from her the best they could whatever hey, hole or shelter that, they could find <laughs> I, I think the uh, something that's a bit more telling is uh, the thing that's on the back of the book that's, that happens early on. It tells it, Walker is my name, and I am the same, Ridley Walker, walking my riddles wherever they've took me, and walking them now on this paper the same. Yeah, man. Um, no, like that is a riddle rap. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't joking is with the. Is it front a lot that? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't joking. I wasn't joking with the dialect like that. Like, like that's like where it just went. Well, it's actually it is actually British. It takes place. Um, that in, ain't British. That was that was. I can do that, it in British if you do, want. Read it in British. That same page. Time back, way back gimme, after gimme, gimme. bad time. That comes plangs and towns, and we're b- burning out the bad stock. No, no. Oh, see, you can do it. See, you can do it. Too formal. We're, 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 oh, so you want, so you want? So you want? So you want Cockney? Yes. All right. <laughs> time back, way after bad time. There come plangs and towns, and they were burning out the bad stock. And cleverness in that. A little more Bob Hoskins. And to she were here, and they were everywhere on a rat. And she were raffing and singing, and they were doing juicy left and center, and never got enough of it. 
and I were hiding there when I'm a best and cub and ever called shelter and could find. There you go. It didn't help nothing that the rat smelt yeah. and all the heck and eels. Eels up things. inside you, find <laughs> an entrance <laughs> where they can. Um, so uh, it, it does it does work in in British speak. But here's yeah. the thing: this this book is really immersive. Now you think oh, that's that's really cap. That's pretentious. They it's in a, a dialect that doesn't. That doesn't really add up, but no. The thing is, is that it actually draws you in. It makes it uh, it makes it challenging to read, right. and actually creates a situation I think it's where you have to focus so yeah, hard on reading exactly. it that you're just like, now I'm in this world. I didn't mean to be, but I'm here. Like you have to linger on. And the thing is, is that your perception of the world. This isn't this isn't a a narrator creating a tapestry for you. This is not. This is constantly within the voice of the main character, Ridley Walker. Well, that's so much so that the mysteries of what happened with the world and everything, your concept of the world that he's existing in is specifically at his level, and you never have more information than the main mm. character does. And that's what, and that, and that's kind of like why when we were speaking, and I, I talked about that other book, uh, Feed, a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and it's written in a similar uh, uh, way in which you are, uh, it's completely in dialect. Um, it's not as crazy dialect as that, but it is, or, or crazy like in terms of how um, different it is from normal yeah. language, no, quote unquote normal language. And and another cool thing about this but is it's very interesting be, because culturally it's been thrown back to essentially an Iron Age. There's a lot of folk tales mm-hmm. and a lot of the history of the world. You interpret your modern mind interprets these folk tales, and a lot of them are performed as puppet shows. They have what's called Yusa shows because they they tell the story of this man Yusa who is a smart man who uh, who was taken under the wing of someone called Mister Clever who convinced him to do the one big one which took out everything. Mm. Do they do they ever talk about like how far this exists in our future or like how long bef- after the apocalypse happened? Like they in the book or it's just like nobody knows it's been so long. That no one truly knows, but in the book they speculate that it's been about 2000 years which it. which actually shames them a great deal because they they feel that they they know from from things that mankind in 2000 years had ships oh, that yeah. flew through the air and and pictures on the wind and they have nothing how far have we fallen that we can't we can't recover what they made in that time wow well, everything's been like destroyed so you know so- What's but his yeah. education level like in this? Like, is uh, he, he like he's a he's a twelve year old boy. Okay. Um, and, uh, that makes more sense. And some things happen to him that are of great prof of great prophecy and significance that lead him on this very strange winding journey. Uh, man, it's just it's incredible. It is an incredible book, and it like this like I know it's it's slowly but surely getting getting the attention it deserves. But until a friend put this in my hands, I'd never heard of it. <clears throat> and guys, like I can't I can't stress enough. You need to check this out. This book could end up being extremely important, and it, and it rightly should. It, it's it's a masterpiece. The main character's name is Walker, right? Uh, Ridley Walker. See, now, it's, I know you're going to hate me for this, but I keep bringing up Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome because he finds that that group of weirdos who talks in a strange dialect, and then his, they start chanting his name, which is Walker, because he's the prophecy. Well, and this, they found, this like, came a, out... A downed airplane. This came out in the late 70s. Oh, no, they probably stole that shit from this. Yeah, probably. So... Just that's saying. cool. Similarities. No, just... that's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really interested in reading that. That sounds it, very it, interesting. Man, it, it is, it is a cool book. It is really, really cool. Yeah, man. So we're gonna, we're gonna cut to a song. Yeah. And when we come back, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna read Weekend at Bernie's Three, the first chapter, and we're gonna talk about the next book club reading, so you guys can read along with us and share your thoughts on the forums and such, and other galactic funk. Since we've been talking about uh, post-apocalyptic landscapes, well, this one, this is a bit uh, different from, uh, from Ridley Walker, but. Uh, how about some Borderlands? This is a track called Borderlands, about Borderlands, by Adam Warrock, over some sweet beats, made by Vince Vandal. 
a gun. I stand out, vault hunters in a wasteland, trying to get paid and trying to put a bullet in the face of the man who created a base that covered the moon of disgrace. Now Pandora's got a dark side, no case made for the one they call Handsome Jack. Got a bullet with his name with a gun on my back. Clap traps, gotta tell me the mission. Now my team's gone commando, assassinating any higher position. Maya's got a song, engaged, has got a death trap. Gun circus, what a best hat. In a former life, I sniped as Mordecai to the bandits and the nomads. Blood wings I trained as. I took a gun from the body of the man that I dropped. I keep my pistol ready and cocked. Press start and keep a gun at your side. Maybe three, maybe four, maybe five. Had a couple grenades and a friend down to ride to the edge of the land where the enemies hide. Press start and keep a gun in your hand. Maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven. And this do or die in Pandora. You're stepping in to the edge of the place called the borderland. Yeah. I sprayed a little lead off to keep the skags off, and then I switched to a torque bastard rifle. What good is a gun that doesn't shoot? On the Hyperion joint I ain't concerned with a rack or a monglet Spit a skag and sand worms as little bads Bad raw and his bitches, man, I dealt with that Phase lock, now he stopped, now I'm killing that And Captain Flint tried to burn me, I burned him back Cause I'm too fast, I shot him from the back It's the legend of the hunters that's developing fast From the caustic caverns to the Badlands ass If you see seen a quicker draw, that's my signature Gun lust when I bust and I'm death with the sickle I'm slightly better than I was before So everybody just hit the floor Press start and keep a gun at your side Maybe three, maybe four, maybe five Had a couple grenades and a friend down to ride To the edge of the land where the enemies hide Press start and keep a gun in your hand Maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven and This do or die in Pandora You're stepping in to the edge of the place called the Borderlands Yeah, so keep a gun at your side So this weekend at Bernie's three thing, Brandon and I took it very seriously. We we had neither of us. Well, I I had I'd never seen Weekend at Bernie's one or two. Brandon, you'd maybe seen them on TV as a kid uh, or something. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So we we rented them. We took notes. And uh, the way we're going to do this whole thing is that it's going to be like an exquisite corpse. An exquisite corpse is a, a a poetry exercise where you write a line and then pass it on to the next person. And there's no overarching concept. There's nothing there. So. What Brandon's writing chapter one, I'm writing chapter two, and then we'll continue to pass it off to other members of Nerdy Show, as well as special guests. Casper Kelly already said that he was yes, going Casper to Kelly do a from chapter. our last episode, the uh, um, the author of more stories about spaceships and cancer, and also many of your favorite episodes of classic adult swim shows. He has agreed to write one, and we've got a couple other people that I can't quite confirm yet, but there's going to be this is going to be an interesting exercise. Yeah. I'm not going to say Joss Whedon might be writing one of the chapters because he's not, but he might. That's all I'm saying. Right. Any, anything you don't is know. Joss Sweden might be like, hey, did y'all hear I'm writing this thing for Weekend at Birdies 3? Actually, Haas Whedon's going to be writing. Haas Sweden. Yeah. Okay. Isn't there someone already dead? Why is he going to write it? <laughs> it's Haas Sweden. There are talks about there being a third Weekend at Bernie's movie in the 90s. There were scripts and, being written. Um, they, uh, they had plans. They talked about it in some behind-the-scenes stuff. It was play, played on HBO way back when. And it never happened. Weekend at Bernie's 2, it made back its money, but it was more or less a flop. And people don't regard it very well, but I honestly prefer it out of the two of them. It's more fun. Yeah, the first movie, I mean, like, 
the first half the, of the, the first, first movie is just like a social commentary. It, it's weird because you think, oh, I know Weekend at Bernie's. They got the dead guy in the party. That doesn't happen until halfway through the first film. It takes at least an hour to even get to like a dead person. Yeah, it's weird. See, but you get to meet Bernie first, right? Yeah. Well, the, you got to know the character before, but even he before dies. that. It's like the environment is dying. Fish are disintegrating. They're on a hot tar roof in a shitty pool while rich people in the upper class are enjoying fine it's meals got, and dining. Some, it's got some weird messages yeah, in there. Um, so, so, so Brandon, I've taken all this into account, and we've we've started to lay this groundwork, and you know, we'll see what happens after us is completely open to interpretation. This could get thrown in a completely different direction as it is. But what we what we want to do right now is um yeah I'm gonna write a chapter but I'm not gonna watch the movies I've yeah decided. and mo- most we people most people are not gonna watch the movies right because we've 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 got some notes we're giving everybody like here's here's our notes from the films if you care to read them it's gonna be a little while before we start posting these uh, chapters and when we do we're gonna post them as they come out but we wanted to get a few in the can before we go ahead and do it we figured now would be a good time to give you a nice preview of what's to come and we're gonna read Brandon's chapter oh, chapter one of weekend mine. at bernie's three we all have very Night different living bernie we all have very different writing styles and i have to say mine is probably um my writing style i like to call terrible <laughs> because i was the one who formally just i never liked to write i never did it in school i don't i don't like english well, here's the thing there's the i don't thing, do creative here's writing the thing about your writing is you do do creative writing and in my fact, brain like you, no you, you've written you've written some amazing short stories uh you you've written some really incredible stuff now the fact that you don't know formally the best way to structure a sentence or vocab or, my vocabulary is r- terrible right right well the thing is is your ideas are golden okay. which is why i've edited this this, this is why editors exist right this is why editors because exist authors actually so i've, I've taken everything it. you wrote you'll you'll i think you'll be impressed with what you've <clears throat> written brandon and as a matter of fact the uh the, the nerdy show community uh as i re- returned to the uh, the long tradition of writing fan fiction on the nerdy forums and are, are actually writing fan fiction of us about us writing fan fiction it doesn't really get more meta contextual than that uh it's it's a piece that they've they've called weekend at cappy's and it's about us attempting to write the weekend at bernie's fanfic and it's ongoing as of this recording it's uh three form pages deep where <laughs> who who knows where that one's gonna go but that there there you have it so uh, you should definitely check that out participate if you if you care to but this is the Actual Weekend at Bernie's fan fiction, not the fan fiction of us writing fan fiction. That's something else. In the beginning, there was nothing. The nothing was an infinite void which stretched out farther than the human concept of eternity. Within the nothingness, the first aspect of existence came to be known. Darkness. The darkness existed without time or form. At some point, this became very boring for the universe, and the darkness gave way to swirling masses of shape and color, matter and stench. This raw, infant universe stank like a septic tank filled with corpses. But in time, the debris and gas coalesced to become stars, planets, and a variety of indescribable anomalies. He could see these anomalies and all of the decisions and choices throughout the universe that led to this moment. The comets which created water on Earth, the single-celled organisms, the reptiles, dinosaurs, mammals, chimps, humans, wars, death, and all of the pathetic decisions throughout history that led to his inevitable birth. He saw his own choices, combining to form a map of his own anomalous life. He saw his last great turning point, a beach house on Hampton Island at the top of a dune. He saw death, betrayal, a man being strangled with a phone cord, and an attempted escape into a normal life. He saw millions of dollars, a voodoo priestess, and the walking dead. He saw visions of his own intestines being pulled by the mouths of laughing goats. They yanked his innards around his neck, cutting off his oxygen. 
everything seeped into a muddled darkness. Richard's eyes opened. He tried to focus on the swirling colors and shapes around him. Where was he? A pain shot through his chest and he realized that he wasn't breathing. He rolled from a sunken mattress and fell onto the dusty floor. Clutching at his chest, coughing, something was stuck inside of his throat. He could feel it sloshing around, clinging like a gelatinous paste. Gagging, he flexed his esophagus like a cat, coughing up a hairball. And he forced the blockage onto the floor. It was a slimy, foamy white goo with a hint of yellow that faintly smelled of chlorine. He was gasping, finally able to breathe. What the fuck? Richard choked. The substance spattered from his lips, sucking onto his white shirt. Eyes still foggy, he got up and slowly felt around towards what seemed to be the bathroom. The sink didn't work, but he needed a drink badly. The taste in his mouth was pungent, chemical. He dunked his head into the yellowish toilet water and took a gulp to clear his throat of the evil. Richard stayed that way for a moment, head bobbing in the calm cool of the grimy toilet, trying to regain his composure. As he lifted his head out of the toilet, he felt a strange tickle. His vision cleared and his eyes finally focused. Richard flinched. Spiders. (laughs) They were floating at the top of the water in the toilet bowl. Some had sunk into the bottom. Christ, how many spiders had he just sucked down his gullet? Some of his spiders started convulsing and he watched in horror and amazement as little baby spiders emerged from their mother's corpses. Richard felt sicker than he already did. This is a nightmare. Richard felt a sharp pain. Something was going on inside of him. Something was trying to force its way out. He stumbled to the sink and without thinking started punching himself in the gut. Ignoring all pain, Richard punched as hard as he could to throw up all the newly hatching spider babies. (laughs) He felt them begin to shift. My God. He caught his own gaze in the dirty mirror as he made the realization. They weren't coming up. They were going down, (laughs) deeper into the recesses of his bowels. Richard immediately tore off his pants and hopped into the sink. (laughs) Perched like a chicken, he perched. Perched like a chicken, he screamed, pushing and pushing. Sweat rolled down his face and cheeks as he pushed for dear life. Something was coming out. Jesus. Rich, Richard looked down and saw a large brown mass teeming with crawling spiders plop into the sink. He was now beyond horrified and his sanity slipped away as he pushed harder and harder. More and more spiders came out, hitching a ride onto his fecal matter. Jesus. A fountain of chocolate soft serve poured from his ass. The veins in his head throbbed as he pushed one final time. The last push his strength would allow. No poop came out of it this time. Just a solid pulsing orb. A sack completely filled with millions of spiders. This must be what women must go through during birth, he thought. <laughs> Minus the spiders and possibly, possibly some of the shit. <laughs> Richard collapsed from the sink and onto the floor. Poop squirted and dribbled down his leg as he hit the tile. He breathed hard and rage built within him. He was determined to destroy the things that caused him so much pain and invaded his body. Richard stood, and with all his strength of the Incredible Hulk, he smashed the feces through the tiny grated drain. Spiders and crap flew everywhere. Each punch was more satisfying than the last, and it wasn't long before it was on his elbows in a newly invented substance. A thick gray mud made half of his shit and half of mashed spiders. 
The blind rage faded. Richard shambled out of the bathroom and fell onto his back. He was dripping not just with shit, but with sweat. He laughed as he remembered where he was, and it was the cabin of the boat he and Larry had bought, purchased and cashed with some of their deceased boss Bernie Lomax's secretly swindled money. They traveled to the Virgin Islands looking for two million, found three, and managed to make it with one. He wiggled his toes and found an unopened bottle of beer next to his foot. Rich popped the cap off the corner of the table and chugged it down as fast as he could. He stood and taking his time, slumped towards the hatch to the deck of the boat. He flung the door open with hot air rushed at him like a knife. His eyes clenched shut at the sudden brightness. Squinting, he walked to the edge of the boat. Odd, he thought. There's no sway, no taste of salty air. His beer bottle dropped to the deck. Desert sprawled out before him. Sand dunes stretched up and down for miles, giving way to a blistering, sand-filled wind. The unforgiving universe had placed a desert around his boat. It was impossible. A fucking desert. Richard looked around with the kind of a face a puppy would give when he was about to be punished or raped. <laughs> In every direction, nothing but a steaming, hot pile of desert. Image raced through his mind as he tried to figure out where he was. The last thing he remembered was going to Monte Carlo with Larry and a crew of four ready and willing women to ditch the mess they'd made of St. Thomas. No more mobsters, no more voodoo, no more dead ex-boss dancing to steel drums with that ridiculous smirk. He looked at his watch, a Timex with a digital face. Fancy, lots of features, great battery life, they said. The date read January 7th, 2757. Richard sighed and stared up to the sky. I, I fucking hate you, Larry, he said quietly to no one. 764 years earlier, Richard was on the deck of the boat, relaxing in his comfy deck chair, reading a week-old newspaper and drinking a margarita. It was 7 a.m. and he just noticed Monte Carlo coming into view. Hey, Rich! Hey, Rich! Larry trotted up on deck. He was wearing a brightly colored floral patterned shirt, flip-flops, and boxer shorts with some stains on the front. It had been a very long voyage, and an even longer weekend before that. Every conversation now came with an imminent sigh. Guess what I just did! Larry was as giddy as a little boy getting molested by his babysitter. What? I just had sex with all the crew, and they didn't even wake up! Though his words started with a whisper, they ended in shrill laughter. <laughs> Richard sighed again and went back to reading his newspaper. It's not really wrong if they don't know about it, right, Rich? Larry jumped over Richard and plopped himself onto the adjacent seat. Settling in for a celebratory siesta. End of chapter one. Dear Lord. And that was my chapter one. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Edited for better grammar by Cap. I was, you know what? I was wondering, like, uh, the fact that... I was laughing at my own shit. I, well, I was, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was waiting for the poop to come in because... Oh, <laughs> you knew. You knew. I knew for a fact. Like, it was like the first... And did it come in? It, well, we had the stench <laughs> in the very first paragraph, and then, yeah. As if the universe was created by shit. And spiders. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking goddamn it. I, I love spiders. I, my favorite line was actually the puppy uh, looking uh, like they were about to be punished or raped. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Weekend at Bernie's three part chapter one. one. Yeah, chapter written. one of Infinity. We yes. we don't know. It'll end when we decide it ends. He's yes. writing chapter two. I'm writing chapter two. There we mm. go. So expect that soon. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's, it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Good.
It's gonna Every, everyone's going to have their own unique writing style, so. Is it going to be an adventure? It is. Oh, it it's already an is. adventure. It's al- yeah, it is already. Colin, Colin you're going to end up writing a part. I will. Okay. Yeah, I'll write, I'll write a part. All right, so uh, do you guys want to talk about what we're going to read next? Yeah, let's talk about what we're going to read next. The person who's choosing this time is Colin. Yeah, it's come around to me once again, because we did the rounds. Last time it was Old Man's War. Yes, last time it was Old Man's War. That was the first thing that we read. The next book that we were going to read, actually, I I was planning to suggest this book, but it was actually suggested as well by one of our listeners, Tolan. Yeah, he wrote Um, wrote into us, sent us a nice email. Yes, he did. A very nice email from Tolan. It was awesome, though. You guys have sent us a lot of great letters. Yeah, um, uh, we love getting suggestions for books. Um, I I mean, I read The Dresden Files because of the book. I picked up Witchfire. You guys have uh, suggested a ton of other books. Feel free to disagree with us. Feel free to agree with us on the forum. I mean, we are happy to... This is an open conversation here. Yeah. It's not one-sided. Yeah, and if you are have not joined uh, the forums, or if you've not looked on the forums, you are, you are like, only getting half of Nerdy Show. You need to be going to, uh, uh, to the it's, Nerdy it's Show It's a social website experience. And going to the forums and, and really uh, interacting with the, the really great community that we have on the forums. So, uh, Especially with Mauron. <laughs> Colin, my buddy. Colin's number one son. He's Mauron. my number one son, Mauron. <laughs> oh, Mauron. Anyway, um, so uh, the next book that we are going to read is called Ready Player One, and it is by Ernest Klein. Now, yep. this this book is huge. Like it it is made it has made some waves. This is one of the like I don't know. It, it's come it's come extremely highly recommended. It sounds like yes. it's relating to video games somehow. Yes, it is relating to video games somehow. Actually, the, um, how Wreck-It Ralph was described as a love letter to video games, this is actually a love letter to nerd culture from the 80s. It is, uh, and actually nerd culture in general, specifically with, if you are in between the 15 and higher realm of age, you will definitely, and, and you enjoyed uh, video, the video games, you will definitely enjoy this book. Um, so I won't enjoy it if I'm 10. No. You might not get it. You might not get it. Because there are references in this book that that make it so fun because of those older things that happened in the 80s, like nerd culture, pop culture stuff ah, okay. that happened in the 80s. Anyway, so this was written by uh, Ernest Klein, and it actually received the um, the Alex Award for Young Adult uh, from the Library uh, Services Association, and it also um, won the Prometheus Award in 2012. Um, it so is, it doesn't make any sense, and it's a it's a very pretty piece of garbage. Okay, no, okay, the, 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 the good Prometheus Award. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers did buy the rights to the film. I'm so. not better. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, basically the way that this the way that this book starts out, I'm not going to um, give it away, but I'm going to give you guys a little little teaser. Um, the year is 2044. I have read this book previous, but I'm really excited to read it again. The year is 2044, and basically the world is in this giant recession. And people are um, escaping into this thing known as the Oasis. The Oasis is uh, basically like a giant wow or second life, where people are actually plugging in, similar to that short story in uh, more stories about spaceships and cancer. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Very, very similar to that story. People actually plug in and are physically in the game. Your rig like how you are in the game is um and how you interact with the game is different based on how much money you've spent on like if you could just see in the game or can you can actually touch and feel things in the game mm. um that is all different based on how much money you spent but anyway the oasis was created by these two creators um one of them is um james halliday james halliday dies and when he dies he has basically said that he is leaving all of his riches to the person in the oasis who can figure out 
these clues. Basically, like, it's kind of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like, I'm looking for my like, next I'm successor. I'm leaving this to you. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> but he says that you have to collect three keys uh, and then go through the next three gates in order to... Are they um, red, blue, and green? Uh, no, they are, um, let's see, they <clears throat> are copper, jade, and crystal. Um, oh, that's all right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, then this huge hunt begins where they, uh, everyone in the Oasis is looking for the clues and the keys and how and to, to, to solve this mystery. And that had, that happened like 15 years ago. And no one really cares anymore about this hunt. There are a couple people left and they're called, uh, they're called Gunters. Uh, these are the people who are still hunting for his, his, see, his no, prize. I, I see what he did. They should have been called because they're hunting for keys. You know, I'm going with this. They should have been called Gunters. <laughs> <laughs> because they're key hunters, right? So what? Why does why Gunter? Why did they change it to a G? Wah. Just because it was better? Yeah. Well, I Gunter. Don't I don't know. It's egg egg hunters because they're looking for the Easter egg because it's all about Easter eggs and like they're finding the Easter. You know, egg the first thing that went to his mind was Hunter because <laughs> they're key hunters. Right. I'm sorry, but Hunter. Yeah, with a K. But he's like, shit, I can't do that. And my whole book is filled with the word Hunter. I got to change it. <laughs> it's already done. I didn't even realize it when I was writing it. Yes. Okay. So anyway, so basically, like these people are searching for this. They're they're searching for the Easter egg, and it, and it's kind of like this very niche commu- community where they're trying to find find the key and a lot of people have given up on the on the search and um the story is about this one this one character uh named wade who is a gunter and he thinks that he knows he's he's studied all of holiday's life he's studied all the things that holiday has loved in his life like all the 80s pop culture stuff and basically what happens is it is the story of him Finding East, the Easter egg and going and and going on that quest in order to um, uh, uh, succeed as the uh, to to win the the final main prize. Basically, everyone is hooked into this giant virtual like MMO world where yes. they they can do like video game stuff like like they get skills or they or it's just interactive yes. or it's whatever they want. Yes, it's like Second Life. You can do anything. It's basically like it's a virtual life. space where you can do whatever you want. Yes, and you can uh, and, like people go to school in the Oasis. Like all of the library, all all of the works of uh, literature are in the Oasis. And it's like in, people, re- is it in like real time? Like yeah. So yes, are they like dying if they don't leave the game? Will they starve to death if they don't leave for like twelve? People have died, and people yes, it, it, it is a it is a an incredibly. It's like people get addicted Real to it and world, they've got actual yes. physical health problems. And where people are escaping into this world, um, where literally uh, millions of people who are living in small, tiny pods stacked on top of each other, uh, like trailer parks, Matrix. Uh, like trailer parks tax- stacked on top of each other are connecting into the Oasis to escape into their world, mm. into this world. Gee, when was this written? Uh, this mm. was written Came out in, last year. Um, yeah, in 2011. Because I have to say, it sounds surprisingly, surprisingly very similar to something else I've already seen from years and years ago. I'm sure that it, I'm sure that there are some elements. That, it's an anime. Okay, it's called Dot Hack. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, mm-hmm. I've heard of Dot Hack. Everyone is plugged into this massive virtual space. Well, the idea of the idea of someone being plugged into Physical a virtual space is, is when they not don't a, leave it. Yeah, in. it's not a, it, that's not a new idea, but hmm. it's the way in which he uh, takes it. Like it's there's like Ghostbusters references in this. There are um, there's War Games references in this. In this, there are like really, really, really. Um, niche games like sword quest and uh, black tiger 
and like things like there'd be some choplifter. No, but I mean like there's <laughs> some like dig like, dug, uh, some golden eye, like the Breakfast Club, like all sorts of like create like the pop so culture of the eighties. Child, yes, you will or very if you're much inter- enjoy. It. Like real genius is mentioned in a cap, like like I'm, significantly mentioned. I'm interested in that. Or, yeah. or if you're a hipster and you really love the eighties and you say you're a Hades child, yeah, an eighties child, but you're born in the nineties, you might like it. No, this unless this, you're just faking it. Uh, 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 but. Uh, well, I'm 89. Rush is mentioned in this. Lady Hawk. Oh, Lady Hawk is a huge thing in this. Lady Hawk is. Oh man, dude, I, that way to endear yourself to me, Ready Player One. <laughs> dude, I was like, I was like reading it and going like, there's so many references in this that Cap would love. You know, it's 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 an incredible book, and it, it, I read it in like this actually sounds interesting. A couple to me. days, and it was it's it's a really fun read. It's a really oh, Oingo Boingo is mentioned in a Cap. I mean, like Sweet. it's like it's it's all over the place, but it is a great incredible. It's a, it's a great book. And actually, Ernest Klein, one of the cool things that he did was he actually had his own Easter egg hunt in real life, in RL. And he made it so that um, people had to find from the book um, an Easter egg. Like, he just says that there's an Easter egg, and then people have to find it. And that's how uh, James Halliday did it in, in the game. Hmm. He just says there's an Easter egg, and people just have to figure it out. The person who won that contest would win a DeLorean. For reals? A for reals DeLorean. And he did. It has, it, uh, the per- yeah, it, already, it, has been, it has been solved, and I, the I'd guy like actually to add won that, um, a DeLorean. That this contest, for whatever reason, it wasn't elaborated on. Uh, people from Florida were not allowed to participate contractually. I don't know why. Yeah, it was weird. What the fuck, Florida? What did you do? I don't know. I have no idea. We can't figure out elections, and you also can't do We finished two weeks later when it didn't matter. Yeah, I know, exactly. When it didn't matter. Yep. So, but anyway, Reddit Player One, pick it up there. It's in a, a hardback copy and a uh, paperback copy out now. And if you are interested, the audiobook is narrated by none other than Will Wheaton. Oh, come on. Yes. They couldn't have gotten someone better? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yes. Will Wheaton. Yes. They couldn't have got like Sidney Poitier or Will Morgan, pretty cool. Morgan Freeman would have been a good choice. <laughs> so. And then I sat down to the virtual space, or whatever he sounds like. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a really great book. And I would be surprised if, if you guys didn't. And this like is it. what we're reading. Yes, I am. I am Next down. Time. I'm down for this. Yep. Same nerdy time, same, same nerdy, nerdy channel. channel. You know, we usually close the the show with reading something from a, a film adaptation, <laughs> a novelization of a major motion picture. This time we got something a little bit different. We have the film adaptation of E.T., the extraterrestrial, in his adventures on Earth. It's it's subtitled. <laughs> um, um, but we're, we're not going to read that. No, we're going to read a different book, a book I picked up from a thrift store. It's called Letters to E.T. Haven't we read from this before on an episode? No, we, we wanted to. We wanted to, but we, uh, didn't. we haven't done it. It's ridiculous. This is what real letters people have yeah. written to the alien. Yeah, now, I think what people might not realize in this day and age, many, many years after the fact... E.T. came out in the early 80s, and it was a phenomenon. No one had ever seen anything like it before. Star Wars before it, and then E.T. times a million. Because even though that movie is, in a lot of ways, terrifying, mm-hmm. it connected with little kids. And it uh, it really broke down boundaries. It was a pop culture phenomenon, the likes of which we honestly have not seen since. Harry Potter's maybe the closest thing, but that doesn't even... That's a different kind um, of... Twilight? Con- connection. It's different. They also didn't save candy companies either. Which. Yeah. And, and also, uh, you know, they're never going to be able to do that kind of uh, child acting again because Spielberg basically, like, tortured those children. Well, you, you hear about this, right? No, no, I don't know about okay, this. Okay, so, so E.T., you know, the kids, they loved that puppet. 
they loved just being around E.T. and they loved like, you know, because they, you know. The kids he, in the movie. Yeah, the kids okay. in the movie. They, yeah, they Drew, loved, Drew Barrymore and the other guy. Yeah, the other guy. And the other kids. Cry to kid. You know that scene when E.T. is is leaving? Like, you know, they, he's basically taking yeah, off like the, and, the, the and all the, the kids movie. are crying and like, like horribly crying because they are, you know, the reason why they're crying because Spielberg, Spielberg said, sucker punched them all. No, Spielberg <laughs> told them, he said, this is the last time you will ever see E.T. This is it. <laughs> like this, this shot, this, we're going to take him away and you will never see him again. And then I will never see you again. And you were leaving this lot. No, but truly that they said you will, you will never see E.T. again. He wanted real fucking it. emotions. It's hard to get kids to fucking Method act. Method accident at its finest. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He knew, got balls. he yeah. knew how he it was. Them. He knew he how got it was. Back. So there you go. Wow. That's it. Wow. Okay. Well, so here's here this uh, this book opens with a with a, a short preface uh, in the form of a letter by Steven Spielberg, March third, nineteen eighty three. Dear E.T., I know that you are the shy type, humble even, and that you would blush at any mention of well, greatness. But I think you would like to know that you seem to have acquired more than a few earthly fans. They write letters, tons of them. You get letters from boys, girls, men, and women. Letters which are funny, touching, curious, and even weird. I know. I, I read them when I'm missing you. There are letters full of belief. <laughs> there, there, there are letters full of belief, wishes, and hope. There are letters full of questions. And there are questions full of answers. So, we've made this book of letters. Some of our favorite messages to you. I'm putting this book in an empty bottle, corking it up, and flinging it into our ocean of stars. Maybe one day it'll wash up on your faraway shore. Love, Steven Spielberg. He's a liar. He can't throw that far. P.S. Write when you find work. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. It's also got to be a big bottle, too. Like, Yeah, was it a space shuttle? I mean, is he lying? I don't know. A canister? So, this, a potato gun This, this book it? is filled with, with letters, um, really crazy letters, from many, most from children, some from adults. I, I think we should read these. Here are the letters to E.T. Dear E.T., can I call you E.T.? If my name was E.T., I'd let you call me that. <laughs> I hope you can read English. That's the only way I know how to write. If you decide to come back to Earth and live here, you might have to get a job. Why don't you be a doctor? I've seen you heal wounds before. Maybe you can find a cure for the common cold. Maybe somebody will explain to you what that is. Maybe you could be a florist. I hear you are an expert at that. Don't let our unemployment rate discourage you. <laughs> Have you met Mork? From Ork. He flies around in an egg. On Earth, eggs are sort of egg-shaped. You ought to go on a national tour of the United States. You could appear in Las Vegas. Those funny-looking robots with one arm are called slot machines. They are used for gambling. I bet you made lots of money from your movie. Steven Spielberg can show you how to use it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can buy yourself a bell phone. What the fuck's a bell phone? As in Southern Bell, Packard Bell. Oh, they don't. It doesn't exist yeah, anymore. I, that's why it, it eludes me. Okay, you can buy yourself a bell phone so you can phone home when you need to. You ought to have your own television special. You can have Yoda as your guest. <laughs> well, I have to go now. Right back, okay. I hope you know how to hold a pencil. So long, <laughs> Mitchell. Dear Mr. Spielberg, I know you must get millions of letters, and I really hope you read this one. 
I'm a 13-year-old boy who used to be closed off to the world. I don't care about grades. I just didn't care that much about life. About the only things I did care about was God. Drawing? And if my D&D character could get past the third level? Until one day my mom took me to CET, and for the first time I can remember since I broke my arm three years ago, I cried and I felt happy. Later on, I thought about really becoming successful in life. About the only thing I was good at is drawing. So I thought, why can't I be the next Carlo Rambaldi? And after that, I changed my grades from a D to a B plus. Every time after that, I feel bad, I would go see E.T. again. So far, I've seen it four times, and every time, I cried. I love E.T. Thank you. From Kirk. Kirk's not a very Jewish name. I pray that you will please write back and please send autograph. After all that. October 8th, 1982. Mr. Spielberg, your movie A.T. the Extraterrestrial is in a class all by its wonderful self. Through E.T. and Elliot, you teach us a very beautiful and valuable lesson that love is truly universal. Because of the way our world is today, if there would be anything that would prevent us from totally destroying it and each other, it would have to be universal love. Maybe there are beautiful space travelers just like E.T. who will one day come to our world and show us how to really love one another and rid our world of hate once and for all. I really hope so. Sincerely, Howard Raby. Postscript. To date, I've seen E.T. 22 times. I just can't get enough of that beautiful little creature. If you ever make a sequel to E.T., I would give anything to have a part in the movie along with that beautiful little angel of the stars. Please take this into consideration. Thank you. Dear E.T., you are invited to my birthday party and we will have Reese's Pieces and pizza and beer. I love you. You're so cute. On March 27th, 1983, from 1 to 5 p.m., please come. From Stephanie. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a girl till I was done. <laughs> Dear E.T., I braces. I got them yesterday. I am home from school because my mouth is sore. I am seven years old. Do you have teeth? From John. Dear E.T., I know you are a smart little fellow. You are great actor. I think your movie was the best I've seen. I thought I saw you. Your lips. <laughs> Damn it! It's all, you're making me laugh. <clears throat> I thought I saw your spaceship one time. I see you in newspapers. I hope to see you again. Sayonara, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm oh. going to put out nine words after this because they say it all. <laughs> if you people don't bring E.T. back, I'll cry. Sincerely yours. <laughs> Dear E.T., you were a great performer in E.T., Empire Strikes Back, and Star Wars. I bet you have more talent than a lot of people. I'm encouraged to go see you perform in any movie. Love, Michelle. <laughs> Please ride back. <laughs> Dear E.T., one, E.T., you are a nice animal. Two, I have seen you at the movie. Three, 
Are you a nice creature? <laughs> Dude, I love it. This is the best shit ever. Four, E.T., I want you to come over my house one day. Five, I live on Ruby Street. Six. <laughs> I live on the Ruby Street. Six, call me one day. My phone number is 555-5249. Seven, E.T., I love you very much. Eight, I hope to see you one day. Deanna Marie, seven years old. Dear E.T., oh, I love you forever, E.T. I wish you'd come back to my spaceship. Love, Kendra, five years old. <laughs> P.S. Can I have an E.T. doll? <laughs> All right, so those are some excerpts from Letters to E.T. Honestly, I have no idea if it's still in publication, but along with that and any other books that we've discussed here, we'll have links to where you can pick up all of them on Amazon, etc. on the page for this episode. Yeah, if you guys actually buy the books from Amazon via our page, we actually those get links. A, yeah, through those links, yeah. we, we get... Uh, we get a couple cents. Yeah, if you were going to do it anyway, it's not a lot, but it does it does help. So it and, would... and letting allowing us to get a couple of cents just makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> does <laughs> it? Does. And actually, if you want to do all your Amazon purchase purchasing via a Nerdy Show link, we do in fact get profit from. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you buy. Whatever you put in your shopping. You want to buy sex toys? You're gonna, you're gonna get care. it anyway. So that's I don't know. true. It's, it's just a, that's just a, that's so a, if you're if you're I'm looking just to providing buy, you with this. I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just providing you with this information. So if you're looking to buy an HDTV, I mean it is it is the holiday season. Tis the season. Tis the season. So if you're looking to buy an HDTV or like a Dyson, <laughs> uh, uh, do it through Nerdy Show, and you'll save a life. You won't, but you'll give us like a, it'll give us like a dollar it's, after all of those purchases. <laughs> a better way to contribute to the show by. However, if you do, if you do, you know, all it takes is a single dollar and you get all the support perks in the mail. Right now, uh, the support perk for December 2012, the first thing we've added to the cash is a, uh, a full size print it yourself version of our infamous rule 34 poster. And th- this is, this is safe for work. It's got sensor bars. So you can, yeah. you can proudly hang it up. And also if we, if we meet our baseline monthly goal of $300, we will add in a new stretch goal and uh, we'll unlock something else at every hundred dollar mark. If you want us to talk about any subject at all, that's what microsoves are for. If you see that they're close to uh, we're t- close to a hundred dollar mark, 100, 200, you can just be like, bam, uh, nerdy show. Uh, I want you to talk about, uh, uh, Men in Black 2. Or Elephant Noses. Or yeah, or Elephant Noses. Or I, I want you to talk about... I, I, want, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want you to talk about why Brandon has brown hair. Because I'm full of shit, I guess. <laughs> so it just naturally oozes up through the top That's of my That's a microsode. You can't give it away. Show, I want you to talk about DC's New 52 and your favorite title. Something, you know, could be... I would, probably, I would recommend yeah. something a bit more practical. Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, Elephant Nose is Brandon's hair. What are we doing here? This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I just, uh, I want to give a shout out to Kyle Calder, who recently supported the show. He said, happy birthday to me. Here's $20. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Thank uh, you. If it and, was your birthday, happy birthday to you. And happy Damn birthday it. to you. Yeah. Yes. Happy birthday. We've also got new items in the store recently added um, on Black Friday, actually. Mm-hmm. More Cyber Monday is what it was. D&D pint glasses and shot glasses and also Nerdy Show logo pint glasses with a new Ransom style uh, nerd logo. I want it. Shut up and take my money. Well, shut up and I will take it from you, sir. Nice. Hey, you know, if you support us, if you only give us one dollar. Yes. You get a lot of really cool shit in your emails. This is true. Uh, you're There's probably going to be some support perks coming directly from this episode. Yeah. 
in fact, there's actually been there's been a lot from book club episodes, including an alternate reading from from Nothing Is Free in Riverworld. There's mm-hmm. an alternate reading. There's a bunch of outtakes from there. We did two different readings from Fifty Shades of Grey that have actually gotten a really great response. But those are those are perk only. So if you support the show, you get it. That's if you all. don't, you don't get you it. D- don't you just don't get it? Nerdy Show is listener supported. We're not just trying to jack you for cash. Um, that's that's sometimes we want to jack are, you for free. We are whores, but we ain't trying to jack you for cash. So. <laughs> Uh, so it, we're, we're listener supported. The entire network is made possible by you. So thank you very much from the, from the bottom of our, of our Colin hearts. will jack you for cash. Colin, Just Colin so will you know. in fact jack you for I'll cash. I'll do it for a burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. I'm hungry now. Well, let's go eat. Taking us out is a new track from the mind behind symphony of science. This is melody sheep. And this track is called in your imagination. It's a remix of a bunch of different audio samples from reading rainbow starring everybody's favorite. LeVar Burton, I think you're going to really enjoy this song, but hey, don't take my word for it. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Colin. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Jermian. (laughs) 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 See you later, guys. One of the best inventions ever was the book. A book lets you zoom through time and space, but don't bother packing. You can stay in one place. Whether you head north, south, east, or west, a book can be your passport from your own neighborhood to the craters of the moon. In your imagination, when you read a good book, you bring the book to life. You bring the book to life. When you read a good book, you're the actor. A book lets you zoom. Time and space, but don't bother packing. You can stay in one place. Zoom through time and space, but you don't have to take my word for it. There are stories everywhere you look. If you look in the right way, new castles to build, mysteries to be solved. The answer is in a book. Believe it or not, this is a book. Big or little, it doesn't matter. It's what's inside that counts. I love maps. All kinds of maps. Each one tells me something different about the world. There's a map for just about any place you're interested in going. Even the littlest idea can end up as something big. All of these books started out as an idea. And look where they ended up. A book lets you zoom through time and space, but don't bother packing, you can stay in one place. Zoom through time and space, but you don't have to take my word for it. The inventing takes imagination. How about you? If you could invent anything, what would it be? Shoes, where you could walk on the walls, pocket ice time machine, automatic dog walker, technology that my kids in charge of the world, a machine that could clean up my room. You can be the expert by picking up a book. It's up to you to pick it off the shelf. You to pick it off the You can be the expert by picking up a book. It's up to you to bring it to life. You to bring it. Idea has to start here or here. You can bring the book to life. In your imagination, you can be the expert by picking up a book. It's up to you to up to you to bring it to life. A book lets you zoom to the craters of the moon. You bring the book to life. In your imagination, through time and space. In your imagination.
imagination. There are stories everywhere you look, if you look in the right way. New castles to build, mysteries to be solved. The answer is There are stories everywhere you look, if you look in the right way. New castles to build, mysteries to be solved. You can be the expert in your imagination. Listening to the Nerdy Show Book Club. The uh, Nerdy Show Book Club is brought to you by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, Play and Trade Ovido, and listeners like yourselves. If you enjoyed what you heard, support Nerdy Show by telling a friend, picking up some merch at the Nerdy Store, or support us with your hard earned pounds and receive exclusive perks. For more episodes of Nerdy Show Book Club, Nerdy Show Dungeons and Dratos, videos, contests, and other nerdy programming, please visit nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes Store. Follow us on Facebook or Tumblr on Twitter or at Nerdy Show. And get social with other Nerdy Show nerds at nerdyshow.com slash forums. But don't take our word for it. <laughs> okay, we're going to be coming in from the theme of... Uh, we're going to be coming game. in from the... No, not the theme of Ender's Game. The, the Nerdy Show theme... Uh, nerdy show book oh, but game. I wrote a theme to Ender's Game. You did, yeah. It goes, Ender's Game, Ender's Game. That's it. Perfect. That's all I got to. See, Cap, this is what this is, this is, this, these are the outtakes we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. Are all we right. reading? I, I spent I spent so many hours on that, and you're making fun of me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! This is why I want to skin you <laughs> alive. It's gonna be all unpleasant. Right. He rolled from a sunken matters and fell onto a dusty. I think it should be mattress. It should, it should be mattress. <laughs> I fucking autocorrect. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you got to read it how it was written, man. <laughs> it's, it's fanfic here. Wow, could you have done that any more like creepy? <laughs> well, I, I just I feel like I'm going to be molested. I just I just brought to the page, uh, or I just I just brought from the page that what was there. Little you know? spice I mean, creature. It, it, that it writes itself. Spice it just creature. writes itself. Do you, do you have any more you want read? Oh, do you want to read a little a, a couple more little tidbit? I want to read another one. Hmm, Brandon. Which, where you, what? I don't know, Brandon. Which one are you going to read? A beautiful little angel of the stars. A beautiful little angel of the stars. I just love his little brown little hey, eyes. Hey, hey. I can just look at those eyes. I'm going to do this in my Jamaican voice. All right, you do Oh, please. <laughs> please, because mine is just an insult, so please do yours. I'm sorry, but I must have my water. This is not whiskey. You asked for water. Whiskey is water, dude. <laughs> water, whiskey flows like water in my house. Mm. Mm. And that's why Mike's dead. Too soon? Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite sure it's I was going I with this. On the microphone. <laughs> oh god. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 